Hello, and welcome to the James Sheets Podcast. This podcast features the sermons and preaching messages of James Sheets, who pastored throughout West Virginia for many years. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave a five-star review and share a memory of James with us. Let's listen as Pastor James Sheets begins his message. Acts chapter 9, we shall read the first nine verses, then we'll go over to chapter 26. And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went into the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of them, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. He fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? He said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the bricks. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? The Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the city, which shall, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man. They led him by the hand, and brought him into Damascus, and he was there three days without sight, and neither did eat nor drink. Then over to chapter 26. Chapter 26 at verse 12. And you will find almost a repeat of what we just read. The first section that we read there from the ninth chapter was the statement of the actual experience that Saul had on the road to Damascus. Over in 26, we are finding him with an opportunity to defend himself before King Agrippa. Part of the statement that he makes, we're going to read now, beginning in verse 12. It's a description here to King Agrippa of his experience that he had on the Damascus road. And it reads, Whereupon, as I went to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priests, at midday, O king, I saw in the way a light from heaven above the brightness of the sun, shining round about me and them which journeyed with me. And when we were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me and saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And I said, Who art thou, Lord? He said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. But arise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness both of these things which thou hast seen and of those things in the which I will appear unto thee, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee, to open their eyes and 
turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision, but showed first unto them of Damascus and at Jerusalem and throughout all the coasts of Judea, and then to the Gentiles that they should repent and turn to God and do works meet for repentance. <laughs> Let us bow for a moment in prayer. Eternal Father, as we have assembled ourselves in this house of worship, we thank you for salvation through Jesus Christ our Lord, the same one who brought light into the heart and life of Saul and made him the great evangelist we know as Paul. Lord, you know the condition, the nature of every soul present. Would you use this service and now this message to speak especially to someone's heart that there might be a rendering of a decision in someone's life for you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let me begin by reading a poem which I think states the position of Paul as he met the Lord on the road to Damascus and it says this and I don't know the neither the title nor the author I just have a couple of stanzas it says the proudest heart that ever beat has been subdued in me the wildest will that it ever rode to scorn thy cause or raid thy foes is quelled my God by thee thy will and not my will be done henceforth I'd be forever thine confessing thee the living word my Savior Christ my God my Lord thy cross shall be my sign I think if there ever was a more stubborn, proud person than Paul, we would have difficulty finding that individual, unless it is you and me. For we all fall in that category of being very stubborn at times. And perhaps also we could say if there ever was a heart that has been melted and molded by the power of Jesus Christ above, and transformed from pride to humility, from being belligerent to being a person of servitude for the cause of Christ, it had to be Paul and you and me. I don't know how you see yourself in relationship to this type of position or situation, but I hope that you will have a clear picture of it before we conclude this morning. We find Saul on a mission. He was going to Damascus and his purpose was to put in chains every man and woman that he could find who claimed to believe in Jesus Christ. As the King James says, it's the people of the way. 
Would you have been one who would have been put in chains? Because you would have been identified as one of those who were of the way. Some of us have been writing pretty high in our lives, in the past or perhaps even this morning. And I can recall some of you who have said to me over the past three years in our early meeting that you had no intention of ever becoming a Christian. And had you been putting your lot with the people of Saul's day, you would have thrown in with him and you would have gone with him perhaps to put the Christians in irons and would have had no sympathy for those who claim the name of Christ only to discover that you as well as Saul were struck blind on the road to Damascus and when you got up you had a different viewpoint about life and about Jesus and about what the church has to say to this word. Perhaps your heart was melted in this very building and you had your Damascus experience. There's one person who's not here this morning that I think of particularly along this line who told me, I use the word they to avoid he or she in this case, never had any intention of becoming a Christian, but basically came out of curiosity to see what takes place here and to see if I knew what I was talking about and discovered that while they were here a great light shone down from heaven above upon them like upon Saul and they fell to their knees and they walked out of that aisle and came down front not because anything that the choir sang or I preached or somebody prayed, but it was because of the power of the Lord Jesus Christ who got through. You've had that experience, have you not? You met the Lord somewhere on your road to Damascus. And Paul said to the voice that spoke, Who are you, sir? And that's what the word Lord in this case means. Identify yourself. And the voice came back and said, I am Jesus of Nazareth. And it's me that you're persecuting. What a revelation. A man set out on a mission to put in chains the Christian people and bring them back to trial and ended up being one of those that would be put in chains. marvelous what the Lord can do through the power of his spirit in our lives when the strong become weak the wise become ignorant and the proud become humble I hope that all of us are weak and ignorant and humble this morning and if you're not if you feel strong and wise and proud today I pray God that the the light that shines down upon Saul that he described as brighter than the sun itself would shine upon you this morning. 
and melt that heart of yours like Saul's was melted. Because I tell you, when it happens, you'll never be the same again. Never the same again. But what now? But now that this experience has taken place, Saul said, what will you have me to do? And the Lord said, you go on into town. There you'll be told what to do. You know, the Lord has, for some reason, selected his own people to explain his mission. That's the purpose of the church. That he gave to us as a collective body of individual Christian people to come together for the purpose of proclaiming his gospel. In this case, he says, you go on into Damascus and there somebody will tell you what to do. God was already preparing a very righteous, God-fearing, Christ-loving man by the name of Ananias. Saul goes into town being led in blind and God speaks to Ananias and he says, Ananias, I want you to go to a man by the name of Saul. I want you to speak to him. Ananias' first reaction was, well, listen, he's come here to arrest me. You think I'm going to go talk to him? The Lord said, you go on your way. He's a chosen vessel. You know, one of the most marvelous things that I see in my ministry is coming to a realization that there are unsaved people like Saul in our community and in our church that God has chosen for a special mission. And he just needs to get the message through their hard heart and melt them and mold them make them something that he can use. And he didn't explain to Saul at that moment what ought to happen, but he said, I'll send somebody to tell you. Many of you are the Ananiases of this church who have been uh, authorized and instilled with the power of the Holy Ghost to go to the souls of this community and lay out the plan of salvation and cause them to see when they are now totally blind. And as Ananias spoke to Saul, the scales fell off his eyes and he was able to see again. But there, there was a marvelous thing that Ananias did with this man. He called him brother. Brother, a man who has come to put you in chains, to persecute you, he now calls brother. Listen, when the Spirit of God takes over a person's life, he becomes our brother and our sister because the same Spirit has already conquered us. We can't look at them in any other way. 
regardless of what might have transpired in the past in their lives, what kind of sinner they might have been, what all they might have done, how, how mean or evil they might have been toward us. When the power of God takes them over, they become our brother and our sister. There are many barriers that separate people. Barriers of race. I was passing church one time when one lady would not come to church if there was a black person going to attend. She made it very clear to me, if, if she is there, I won't be there. Isn't it strange how those things keep coming back? There is the barriers of education when the country bumpkin will have nothing to do with the city slicker. And vice versa. Because there are differences in our backgrounds, we're from different sides of the track. Seemingly we have nothing in common and will separate on those bases. But we know that we're all one in Jesus Christ, regardless of education or background or color. We become a body of collective people who have been called out of sin with Saul and the light has shined upon us and the sinfulness and the evil of Saul has now been washed away by the power of Jesus Christ and he becomes a blood, a brother of the finest man in the church. Here we're all equal. Queen Elizabeth the Church of England came to the front of the church to receive communion and knelt down for the communion and beside her was a tramp off the streets. And one of the ushers came over and got a hold of the arm of the tramp and started to move him away and Queen Elizabeth said, no, leave him. We're all equal here. And so we are within the church we have one common love one because we have one common Savior and we have one common purpose and that is to befriend and teach and reveal Jesus Christ to the souls of our community. For in that bunch there's going to be a chosen vessel. Ananias took Saul that very time and they went out and he was baptized because now he was obedient to a new walk in life. We place a lot of emphasis upon baptism and I think we ought but I think we must understand that baptism is that which happens to a person who has already had the baptism of the Holy Spirit in his heart. But it becomes important for us to follow the command of the Lord and be baptized in order that we might cast our light with those who have done the things similarly to what we're doing to demonstrate that we are a part of one body. That we now have a new purpose in life. We have a new goal. We have a new destiny. 
We come together to proclaim to the world that we are different simply because we have the love of God in our hearts that makes us different. But it makes us want to see those who are our friends and neighbors that have not come to the same point in their life, it makes us want to see them saved. There needs to be, in the life of every Christian, such a tremendous compassion and love that we cannot stand it as long as there is a lost person somewhere. We cannot possibly take it lightly. And the first thing Paul did was be obedient to the Lord and was baptized. And secondly, he began to tell other people about what had happened to him. Let me ask you, when is the last time you said something to a Saul somewhere about your faith in Jesus Christ? <coughs> That you identified yourself as a part of this body that is called the church. He began to tell others. Then the thing he did is he tried to join the church. He went to Jerusalem. The word is assayed. He assayed to join himself to the disciples. The word assayed means he tried everything in the world that he could think of to get them to accept him, and they wouldn't do it. He really worked at it and was rejected as a member of the body because nobody believed him. Him, a Christian, are you kidding? We'll wait and see. Have you ever heard those words spoken? Finally, through all this skepticism, a good man of the church of the name of Barnabas took him under his wing and persuaded the church that he was serious, that he had indeed been saved. Why do you want to join the church? Why didn't he just go out on his own and say, I'll do my thing my way. You know, there are lots of people who say that, but do you realize that the word independent is not in the Scripture, in that context? We are dependent people. We are dependent upon God's Word. We are dependent upon Jesus Christ. We are dependent upon the Holy Spirit. And let me tell you, we're dependent upon each other. And only as we join ourselves to people of like faith can we really do what the Lord instructed us to do. He did not say, all of you disciples, strike out on your own and cover the world. He brought them together as a body. He made them a church, he called it. A body of believers who had something in common. 
who loved him and believed in him. And it was to this group that he gave his message. It is the church's responsibility to revive the world, to proclaim the gospel to every man. Collectively, we are more capable of doing this. And oftentimes, people say there really is no value in becoming a member of the church. That's pure nonsense based upon the value that we can see in the scripture. The church is the organization to whom people belong. I'm not talking about uh, this denomination or another denomination. I'm talking about uh, belonging to the body of Christ and then that being revealed in a congregation who comes together. Whatever title we might put upon them. We call ourselves the Olive Branch Missionary Baptist Church. And we do that to give ourselves some identity. But we have the same commission as the churches down in Danville and Madison and, and Logan and wherever else, and that is to preach the gospel. Carry it to all the world. Collectively, we can accomplish this. Individually, with 75 of us here this morning, we will be extremely weak in our efforts. But together we can proclaim the gospel of Christ. Paul wanted to join that body, and he finally did. He became a part of the organized church, and it was the church that sent him out to minister throughout the world. Our job as Christian people is to be a part of a body of believers who have kindred interests and kindred love that collectively we can proclaim the gospel in this world. I want to ask you two things. Number one, have you had your Damascus experience? In the early part of the message I was preaching to that end, hoping that you can realize that there is a God above who shines his light down upon our lives and wants to save us. And most of us have had that experience. If you haven't been on your knees before the Lord on your Damascus Road, I would encourage you to do that this morning. But I would like further to hope that we can enlarge our awareness of the need of being a part of a body collectively does something for the cause of Christ. Because if you do it alone, you're going to be mighty weak. But like any chain, add one link to the next link to the next link to the next link, and suddenly you have something that can pick a mighty load. And I would hope that we could do that today. That we would do it as a church. If you're not a member of a church, if you believe in Jesus Christ, you ought to join one, this one or another one, that you can put your efforts in with those who believe. If you're not a Christian, however, you ought to consider very strongly the power that Jesus Christ can have in your life to change you. And you'll never be the same. Let us pray. 
Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you hear, hit the subscribe button. You'll receive automatic notifications and downloads when a new message is added to the podcast. Also, please leave a five-star review and take the opportunity to share stories, memories, and appreciation for James Sheets and how God used him to impact your life. If you'd like to know why and how this podcast got started, check out our first episode. Lastly, if you want to donate to help offset the cost of operating this podcast, you'll find a link to our PayPal account in the podcast description and email us at james.sheets.podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and remember to trust in God for today and for all of your tomorrows.